Hi, I'm Jack. And I'm Kevin. This is Good Company in the Car. Can't help it, the girl can't help it. Can't help it, the girl can't help it. She walks by, the men folks stand in rows. We're rolling. <laughs> what are you doing this to me? Uh, it's because it's funny. Play the play your little music box. <laughs> That's kind of picking up. It's a Fisher Price uh, music box teaching clock. Here in the studio, where it's a child's imagination could run riot. They're my toys. <laughs> no one can play with them. <laughs> and this is mine from when I was a little, 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 little kid. And it's all wooden. That's the funny thing. It's all made of wood and yeah. plastic. Quality with the lithograph uh, paper paper. Uh, uh, all right, that can play in the background. Well, it's we... not. Yeah, it's gonna run. I wound it fully up. <laughs> uh, I just happened to. I just happened to look over and see it on the shelf, yeah. and I started whistling the tune. And Kevin's like, "What's that tune?" And I was like, "Oh, here, let me show you." You know what that reminds me of? We were at the MGM Casino the other night, and they were able to successfully turn a game of craps into a toy. And the, the one person rolls the dice, but everybody else is playing on a virtual pad. And it, it, there's other ones where the actual the dice are in a little drum. And, I like that one. And then they just Looks bounce like around on a little trampoline. And it's literally like playing that game. Pop-O-Matic. Pop-O-Matic. And uh, so, Jack, we got there. And um, I like playing uh, craps because it's really good odds. And I don't it's understand fun, it at all. Jack didn't understand it. And I said to the lady... Can can he throw the dice? She's okay, like, he sure. can roll. <laughs> and I'm, she scared the shit out of me. She was me. a very aggressive, uh, and I didn't understand that the, there were a couple other people playing on the virtual key, pads around us. You could play roulette, you could play that, you could play. A, there was a poker game going on, and uh, I had Jack throwing the dice, which didn't make any sense to me. So why couldn't I have just continued to throw the dice? Because I'm I'm the shooter, right? So I, in theory, was the shooter. I right. was paying for it, but you were throwing the dice for me. Once I crap out, the rules of craps goes to the next player to my left. If that guy doesn't want to roll, it goes to the next guy to his left, and then it comes back to me. The guy to the left of me didn't want to throw, but the guy to the left of him did. So that's why we had to get out. And then when it came back around to me, um, we were like, we're good. But from my limited knowledge of craps... Uh -huh. The people who were all playing would have been just as happy if somebody would have if just, just kept stayed there and the... kept doing it. So why couldn't I have just kept throwing the dice, uh, even though I wasn't betting? Couldn't I? Okay, you... you're going to be the designated thrower when you play. See, real craps. Everybody is around the craps table. Right. You you play the dice. You throw them. You roll it. And then when you're done, you roll a seven. The guy to your left takes the dice. If they don't want to do it, it goes to their left. A lot of people want to throw the dice. They don't oh, want. Okay. So that's how, but that's the rules of craps. It has to go to the next person. That Nobody at the table is going to, you know, you keep throwing. So what you do in craps is the, the board has a million different bets right. on it. And that's what confuses you. What you do is in craps it, on the roll, it's called the come out roll. The first, when the game starts, you roll the dice. If you throw a seven or 12, Seven, seven, eleven, seven or eleven, you get your your bet back. So if you bet five bucks, you win five bucks. Any other number is called the point. So if you roll a five, a six, an eight, uh, a ten, they put the little marker on the ten. Then you can make bets on the other numbers. And the guy throwing the dice, he has to throw a ten eventually. But if he throws a seven before he gets that, that's craps, and everybody loses their bets. Well, we were in the we were in Charleston, Charlestown, yeah, and we were at that one and. 
I that was fun. Th- remember that lady loved me. I made a lot of money for her. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't understand what the hell I'm doing. Uh-huh. She's laughing at me. No, it's great. But then last night, the when I picked up the dice, first of all, they're trying to recycle all the old stuff. So that table, that craps table, was an old school craps table. Yeah. It had the slots in the top for the chips yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And then they put this big piece of plexiglass on, and I was like, and when she said, "Okay, pick the dice," and I picked up two dice and I put my hands together to shake it, them, and they so- all started screaming at no, me. Because that's a way. Uh, but I'm just saying, yeah, it's yeah. like. But that's how you can introduce loaded dice into I it. I understand yeah. all that, but I, of course, have no idea. And I'm like, you keep yelling at me. I said that to the woman <laughs> at least twice. You keep yelling that at me. It was fun. And then, of course, I throw the dice. And so then they had a camera aimed at this one section on the table. So that's how the. So after you would throw the dice and they would say, it's a seven or whatever, they would push the dice to that spot uh-huh. so that everybody at their. At yeah. their console could see what was being what we would have been thrown. Yeah, and like I said, I that game the the craps game last night made uh, me nervous. Yeah, because she kept yelling at yeah. me. Yeah, when we go you to, have eight seconds. And yeah, like, ah! no, we go to Vegas and we'll find a really cheap one. There's no time constraint. I, yeah, I can't wait to go there. And it's really fun. But the 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 craps machine, the big popomatic deal with the giant uh, dice, that was like fun. Four inch by four inch by that that was fun. And then the one that we did in uh, Florida was fun. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah. And then, of course, now I like sitting at the bar yeah. with the poker game. Yeah. And I can sit at the bar and play the poker and game befriend and the have bartender. cocktail and befriend the bartenders. <laughs> yeah. So, we yeah. Were, me and the uh, me and my pals from high school, we were out in Vegas about 20 years ago. We were, we were at the Stratosphere Casino. We weren't staying at the Stratosphere. We were at the casino, and the craps table was like two bucks. And we were pretty much the only people around the table. And there are different names for combinations. Boxcars is when you get, like, Two, four, and four. That's box cars. Snake Eyes is a famous one. That's when you get one and one, right? Right. So I was making up names for other combinations, and I throw a three and a, a three and a three, and I'm like, cakes. And he <laughs> looks at me, and I throw a, a, a you know, a, 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 a four and a, a four and a four, and I was like. Um, Snakes in the hen house. And I was, and my, the, Craig and those guys were cracking up. And after a while, the, the dealer's like, I've never heard of these before. I'm like, it's an East Coast thing. And we were having a blast with it. It was fun. But we made some money. But, see, that, okay, and then that's the point. If you can afford to spend, a, you know, to lose, let's say a hundred dollars. Yeah. If you're, if you could afford to lose a hundred dollars at a casino, it's a, it can be a lot of fun. And yeah, we actually, I think we, we made money that. We usually don't lose too completely. much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but our, know, our, the, the slot machine we like to play. Well, it's a video slot. The money, 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 money. When money. you get, <laughs> and of course I'm over there dancing. Doing that was one of your favorite dance. songs when you were a yeah. kid. So if you get this certain combination, it starts playing that, and money rains down I over love the screen. It. Yeah, it's a lot we, of fun. First time we played it, we made a lot of money. We've been back since. We've been back to nah, that yeah. same well and twice well, now. Well, my goal whenever I go to the casinos is for let's say I have I'm willing to spend fifty bucks. Yeah. So I've got fifty bucks cash my goal of course it's really nice to to, to win yeah. a lot of money mm-hmm. but my goal is to be able to stay there for a couple of hours and not spend more than that 50 right. bucks a or lot in theory of. yeah come out now of the scary part is is you go to these casinos and the people i i'm not saying that you're supposed to get dressed up because believe me i am not a dressed up kind of guy <laughs> yeah but, but some, there are people it's in almost the casinos like the that look like they're in the pajama and yeah and they don't and it amazes <laughs> me and, it, and kevin laughs at me every time i say it i will see someone at a slot machine mm-hmm. playing a dollar minimum bet of hand yeah on a slot machine uh-huh. and they're not even, even looking, looking. Yep. they're just hitting that button yeah 
and they're looking around, looking around, looking around. Yeah. They're not. They're not looking. <laughs> it was funny. Those people. Now those are the people. As we were coming back from the casino, yeah. And I said something, and you're like, "Wait a minute, you don't have a gambling problem, do you?" <laughs> Apropos of nothing, and I was like, "Why would you say that? Of all of the problems I that I do know. have, why would you think gambling was one of them?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, we lost sixty bucks, and I wasn't happy about it, but that's the last thing on my list." Because you had I'm, said something very I'm flippant, a target, yeah, about I'm a the target money, rich environment about the for, money that you had just lost or uh, whatever. I, yeah, I don't. I, I like, was trying to be maybe say la vie or okay, whatever. Okay, okay, okay. Because you're willing to. <laughs> You are willing to uh, put more in your budget, whereas I would, let's say, I would only put fifty or hundred dollars. You're willing to go two, three hundred dollars, uh, or something uh, like on that. On a weeknight visit to a casino, two hundred bucks would be the right. most I would want. And I am just not willing to lose that much money. Well, on we can doing... always spend that on Timu, can't we? <laughs> exactly. Or <laughs> now, yeah, you... you can buy a lot of shit for a hundred dollars on Timu. <laughs> Like that. I need plastic uh, eyebrow trimmers and uh, things to pinch my hands to help me sleep at night. Leave me alone. Oh, God, that sight. It's taken over the world. <laughs> that, 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 that dog, that, that guy, that the haunted dog, dog, dog pillow. I can't find it. I, I can't that find pillow. that dog pillow. It's unholy. There is a, there is a, a, a YouTube reel, TikTok video <laughs> of this dog. guy. With it's a, terrifying. With this guy with a dog pillow. And from a distance, it looks like the dog's head is turned back. And yeah. it's looking at if you. If you look at it from the wrong and angle, if you it's look at terrifying. it from the wrong hour, it looks like a nightmare. Yeah. It's it's absolutely, and I can't find it. I've tried, <laughs> right, I want to find it. It's really funny. Well, you know, it's also criminal. Tell me, a forensic files episode. <gasps> segways. You are the king of the segways. You're not gonna you. do it. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. It's forensic files. Forensic files. Season fourteen. Season fourteen. Episode twenty-one. Episode twenty-one. Expert witness. Expert. Witness. So let's travel back 30 years. It's Oof. 1993. 1993. And we're see, in Long I was living here. Yeah. I'm in my yeah. first apartment. Uh huh. And I have a white Geo Tracker convertible. Fun. <laughs> so I don't know. Longmont, Colorado. Everything in Colorado has got to be a suburb of Denver. I guess. I'm assuming. Uh. So Tammy Tatum is, uh, I believe, 21, and she has met Jim Meadow, who I believe at the time was 30, and they have fallen deeply in love with each other. So they very quickly move in together in what looks like an incredibly shitty apartment building. Did you did you You see it? Being so snobby. (laughs) Well, I just mean it looked awful. Not (laughs) everybody can afford luxury apartments, Kevin. So Tammy does the smart thing and gets pregnant right away, and they have a baby girl named Sadie, who is adorable. Uh, this is Kathy Smith. She's Tammy's sister. She called me the moment she found out she was pregnant and was so excited and just knew that her dreams were coming true. What Tammy wanted most in life was to be a wife and a mother. So yeah, Tammy had always wanted to be a mom and she apparently she was knocking it out of the park. She made a great mother. Daughter was great. Jim seemed to enjoy being a dad, but um, fairly quickly things started to go downhill. Jim apparently had a very serious drinking problem, not unlike my gambling addiction. <laughs> and he Stop. was constantly getting in fights. One day in particular, he got in a fist fight at the grocery store in the middle of the somebody. day. <laughs> tried to strangle someone. And if you look closely, it was a safe way. This is Bruce Vaughn. He is a detective, and he is here with us throughout the episode, and he has a ponytail. He was drinking. He got into a fight with a customer at that store, actually tried to choke the customer. 
So he is arrested for so, disorderly conduct. So is all of are all of his? Okay, this is. I'm, I'm curious. I don't. I don't know because I couldn't. Right. Actually, there is very little uh, internet uh, uh, information, information on, on yeah. Jim Meadow. Okay. Um, I'm assuming that all of the bad behavior that he has or does Exhibited, right? is is directly connected to his addiction issues. Alcohol. I think they were. Okay, so so he was a nice guy when he wasn't doing so. I'm he, trying to say something uh, defending. I'm trying to defend okay, him. Okay, I wasn't a fan of his look. He looked, he had that well, very... Well, he's little, He was very of 1993, yes, but that dark was. turtleneck and the earring and the, but the, the sunglasses. Think, I think that he was one of these poor schmucks that when you follow, when you do your addiction, you become a different person yeah, and you yeah, become yeah. A, a jerk. I think asshole. that was him. Okay. So he's arrested for disorderly conduct, and pretty soon he starts turning his aggression towards Tammy, which is always unacceptable, and uh, this is prosecutor Timothy Johnson. According to friends, uh, there was often abuse in the relationship. Uh, Jim Meadow getting intoxicated and striking out at Tammy. There were actual reports also of him strangling her. It was a very violent, abusive relationship, and... You know, she had confided in me and talked to me about this before. My mother was aware of it. My mother had told me about it. So they had even documented him choking her. That, that was apparently Oof. on the record. So Jim gets another DUI and Oof. he is sentenced to rehab. Uh, oh my which, God. But uh, that's wait, wait, sometimes. Wait, we got to stop. We got to stop right there. We got to stop right there. The term. Another DUI. DUI. <laughs> now listen, boys and girls. Are, are your, you triggered? Your Uncle Jack has a, 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 a certain dark blotch in his past. <laughs> and all I know is, is that I would I do everything I can so that that is not going to happen again. Right. Uber has a, I have a wonderful account with Uber, uh-huh. and I just can't understand having so little- Insight? Not, in, no, 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 concern or, or what the word is, where- I know I've got a DUI, but uh-huh. I'm going to go out and get behind the wheel of that anyway. car again. I, I think, I know for a fact, I've driven when I've been over the limit and I felt perfectly fine. The next day, I'm like, you know what? That was really dumb, Kevin. In the moment, you but, don't realize it a lot no, of the no, time. No, no, I understand that. I, I am not defending anybody who goes and drinks and drives. I'm not defending anybody. Mm-hmm. However, if you get a DUI <laughs> and then you turn around and, you and drive get again. another DUI, that... How is that not You're a giant wake-up smack, smack, smack? Yeah. Get your shit together. And like I said, when I when, when I have my little black smirch, <laughs> and you have to go to these stupid classes, and stuff, you have to do all this stuff. And I remember being in the class, and there was one guy who was like, yeah, this is my third. And I'm like... Hi, guys. Kevin here. Sorry to interrupt. After we recorded this episode, something didn't seem quite right. I went back and checked my notes, and it was actually Jim's fourth DUI that finally sent him to rehab, not his second. I'm glad we didn't know it at the time, because I think Jack's head would have exploded. Okay, back to the show. And I remember looking at him like, what are you, how do you, what do you, you can't function without a car. You yeah. cannot function. you got to drive. You can't for sure. You, I mean, but how do you not, how do you. I don't know. I, Jim, it was so a lot anyway, of so Colorado the trigger in the word, The trigger word in that sentence was, was another, DUI. another DUI. Okay, I'm sorry. The I'm center, sorry. The re- not, a, not, a, not a sermon, just a thought. Okay, there you go. The rehab center is a 15 minute walk from their lovely apartment. So in the mornings, Tammy picks him up. <laughs> They're always mechanics. He drives yes. him to his job as a mechanic. Those guys are always mechanics. 
So this is PJ Shields. Uh, she's a crime reporter, and for I can't really describe. She kind of looks like she a cute. Oh, now stop! <laughs> See, you're so mean. I don't. She mean has it to a be very specific. She has a very short pixie cut, and it's just not and becoming. And she was super bland. It's just not you know, a very zero charisma. Look. Yeah. She's, She's a crime journalist. Yeah, I, I'm not. I, I don't mean it like that. I'm not trying to You're be mean. mean. Kevin, I'm you being mean. mean. I'm gonna. I'm gonna cut all that out. <laughs> it's a residential facility where folks can live and work and check in and just be in a structured environment and follow court orders. So one day she doesn't show up. So Jim walks the 15 minutes to their apartment. And he can hear the baby crying, but the door is locked. So he kicks it in. And now we hear for the first time in a long time, a believable 911 call. 911, So yeah, he sounded appropriately yeah, concerned and so worried. Sad. He wasn't so hysterical. He couldn't get the words out, which is always the red flag for us, Oof. right? Emergency, you, emergency. Emergency. I, I think my wife, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Come quickly. Come, oh, God. I'm, I, I hate it. I'm yeah. going to do, do a compilation of those okay. one day. So now we have extensive police video of the crime scene that was clearly taken that day before they removed Tammy's body. I thought some of it was a little inappropriate to just suddenly have on TV, uh, didn't you? Yeah, I was yeah. like, you know, trigger but warning it's crime or... it's scene. It's, but yeah. I, I mean, it, I... You're I watching a crime show about murder. It shouldn't be... I don't know. I mean, they, I mean you're watching a crime show yeah. about murder. It shouldn't have, you know... But you they're just be... walking around the apartment and very matter-of-factly discussing yeah, it. Yeah. We'll now be entering your apartment number two... This is now the kitchen area. Body is found on the bed. So now, paradoxically, they say that the motive was clearly sexual, but then they turn right around and say there was no indication of a sexual assault. So here's Prosecutor Johnson contradicting himself. This was a sexually motivated crime. There was injuries around the breast area as well as the vaginal area, but there wasn't any clear evidence of a sexual assault. We all know strangulation is a very personal crime and that means they usually know the person and now all the arrows are pointing towards jim meadow as the assailant uh as soon as 30 days before she was murdered friends had seen tammy with black eyes and her sister speculated that tammy told jim she wanted to leave and that in a drunken rage he blew up and strangled her yeah when i heard that she had been murdered my first thought was she told him she was leaving and they got into a massive argument and it ended up in a murder so the investigators are now speaking to another participant in the rehab program named Rudy Gaytan. He said Jim had frequently talked about killing his wife in great detail. He said he would rip her heart out if he caught her cheating on him. Jim Meadow would make statements to these other inmates about how he could just kill her or how he could just strangle her. So the investigators indicate that Tammy had been killed about nine hours before she was discovered. Jim had signed back into the rehab facility at 948, which did not help his alibi. He's only a 15-minute walk away, and estimating time of death is not an exact science. It is really interesting to me that they could come and go at the rehab. Yeah, like it sounded like that, too. Maybe there was a curfew at 10 or something Or maybe like he's he's in, like... I guess the different stages, like you get you know, more liberties. He was the st- yeah. He was at the stage like, will you complete this next couple of months and you're free to go, kind of a thing. Well, and, uh, you know, yeah, I don't weird. know if, if things weren't looking bad enough for Jim. The most damning piece of evidence yet 
is a used condom they find in the garbage, and but it's it has his Jim's apartment deep, with, the, with his with his right. law wife. Well, they but were, it, it, it it was from. I mean, it was it was freshly used condom. So they also discovered a bunch of letters from Tammy. She had written to Jim, pleading with him to not be so aggressive, and that she still loves him, but she, you know, she's terrified, and she just wanted to go back to the way it was. Yeah. A lot of these letters talked about the violence in the relationship and how scared Tammy was when he hit her. And that the last time he hit her, it scared her so much that she wanted to leave. So whoever killed her took time to clean the crime scene, which indicated he was very comfortable with where he was, according to the investigators. He wiped down all of the hard surfaces. He wiped down Tammy. And they also think that he staged the body. There was no evidence that tied anything or anyone to the crime scene. It was probably the cleanest crime scene as a detective I'd ever been handed. I thought the scene had been staged to look like a sexual assault. It was a very strange crime scene. They also found some blood and skin under Tammy's nails, and they also found a hair that was not Tammy's and was not John's. With the root attached. With still had the root. Now, this is where they were playing the long game, and I think this is really interesting. They knew in 1993 they did not have enough of a sample to run a DNA analysis. They were worried that if they used what little bit they had, they would destroy it and they would never get a full sequence. So they just speculated if they wait, the science of DNA analysis was advancing so rapidly that within a few years, that sample would be enough. And they were absolutely right. So they decided to do that. And in doing so, this case goes cold. And it's very frustrating to everyone involved. It was very, very frustrating to, to spend as much time as we had spent and to come back with really nothing that would help us at all. There was clearly probable cause to arrest Jim Meadow, but there wasn't enough evidence to convict him. I thought he was getting away with murder, um, but I didn't think he'd get away with it forever. So the case goes cold. But three years later, wait, just wait, I'm going to interrupt. I'm going to interrupt you. So three years, no arrests. So Jim Meadow, everybody believes he's it, the one who did it. He's living under a cloud. He's living under the, Kathy's. The, uh, Tammy's sister Kathy for thinks sure thinks it. he did it. And here's a baby that I'm assuming uh, Jim mm -hmm. had custody of because he was. The yeah, father. we couldn't find anything on that. Yeah, right. but they're like you know. Three years later, one mile away from their apartment, a woman is raped, and the modus operandi, the M.O., is almost identical, except this time she's not killed. I would play the 911 call, but it's just so yeah, disturbing and upsetting, it's not worth it. But this is Renee Delaney. She was the victim, and she is very brave, she is I think. Indeed. At one point, decided that the best thing I could do was convince him that I was not going to call the police or anything. That was the best chance I had for living. When he was finished, he dumped water over me and then used a towel and wiped me off. So he definitely was trying to clean up. When the rapist actually left the residence, he took everything with him. He took the tape, uh, he took the knife, he took the items that he brought with him. So there wasn't a lot of evidence to be collected on the scene. Again, the criminal took time cleaning the crime scene and he wiped down Renee with a wet towel and on and on. But to the investigators, they get the impression that this guy doesn't understand how DNA evidence works. Right. I, 
think he was more concerned about, he was thinking... Uh, Footprint, uh, uh, thumbprints, fingerprints. handprints, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he left a bunch of DNA around the crime scene. So the attack happened just after 5 a.m. when Renee's grandmother left for work. They lived together. So Renee speculated that she'd been stalked by this guy for a while, and he knew exactly when the grandmother would be leaving. He had selected me and planned it and, and watched to see what time my grandmother left in the mornings and came in knowing that she'd be gone. I knew he was trying to not leave evidence, and I was so afraid it was going to work. So that's creepy when she said, I knew he was trying to wipe down the evidence, and I was so afraid it was going to work. That made my hair stand up on end, and I was so afraid it was going to work. So they run a genetic profile, and it does not match anyone in the Colorado database. So think about that. Think about that. Yeah. No crimes Mm -hmm. with any of the genetic markers have yet been attached to whoever this This rapist was. Right. And that still wasn't enough... To, to catch this guy, yeah, to he's exonerate not a, a, to exonerate Jim, Jim Meadow, is still guilty, even though the uh, the circumstances are so similar yep. to the case. You know where, they went after Jim Hard for oh, that you rape, know, and you know he got but, pulled in again. Yeah, but Renee was like, "That wasn't him." I knew, yeah. I knew his voice. Yeah, we get yeah. to that. Do you think the Colorado flag looks weird? I do. It's the letter C with the the, the center of the C is gold, and <laughs> it then it's looks just like a soccer flag. It does look like a yeah, soccer kinda, flag. Kinda. Um, I don't know. It's my least favorite. Where Maryland is my favorite. I think oh, it looks very cool. It is. Well, it's a cool looking flag. I think the West Virginia flag, state flag, is beautiful. Mm, no, Maryland's got it hands down. I don't believe you. <laughs> so now it's ten years later. It's two thousand and six, and the DNA science has come along. They have entered the sample from Renee's rape kit. And they get a match. This was huge. Having an investigative lead develop nearly 10 years after the sex assault, uh, that hadn't happened before. The DA called me um, and asked me if I was sitting down um, and proceeded to tell me that um, they had arrested him and that if I would check my email, there was an email with a photo. So the match is for 48-year-old Rudy Gaytan, a married father of two who lives in Renee's building, and he too is an auto mechanic. Uh-huh. Renee actually said that her attacker sounded like someone she knew, but she, she is so worried she's going to accuse an innocent man, she hesitates. See, now I, that right there is very important. She is so concerned about accusing an innocent human being. So the guy lives in the next, she lives in the same apartment complex. She, she knows him. She doesn't know him friendly, but she's like, oh, that's that guy that lives over there and she didn't want to say it was him because uh-huh. it she keeps saying over I and over I just don't want to accuse an innocent guy I don't want guy. to accuse an innocent guy I don't want to say this because I'm afraid I'll be wrong but it sounds kind of like one of those people in the next building it might oh it did yeah but also awful it's not well it's really nice to me so about two weeks after Renee was raped Gaetan was in a really bad car accident and he ends up getting addicted to painkillers which eventually ends up getting him a felony charge for writing prescriptions and he gets an eight-year jail sentence and with that felony conviction he has to give a dna sample and in 2005 there was an initiative in colorado to get all of the dna into a central data bank and that's why his dna is in the system yeah that's going to change crime 
Yes. When they start doing DNA panels, because you, I don't think it's, po- I don't think it's possible to fake DNA. It's not. It's yeah. not. You can't. Yeah. Well, you know. Well, we we <laughs> laugh well, now. That, that doctor who, who uh, faked the blood up his arm right, in Canada. Right. Right. But what I'm saying is, is, is the, you know, eventually there's probably going to be a way to fake it to somehow. Fake DNA. Or I don't but know. Right now, current technology in 2020. <laughs> Three, yeah. There's no way to fake DNA, uh, yeah. uh, sequencing. So I, it's not... airtight. That, that courts take it. You know, yeah. as absolute and we, and, rock and solid. I've been very candid. Kevin and I have been very candid. So if you get arrested for a DUI, for example, not that I want to keep going back to that, <laughs> but I don't think it's. I don't think I, that I it's think it bad. Be, I think it's felonies. They they do oh, it for okay. felonies, not okay, misdemeanor. Okay, felonies. Okay, we'll go with felonies. But um, if you are subject to a crime and you do that. I think you should yeah. uh, have, have a DNA, DNA panel yeah. done. I don't have a problem with I it. I don't either. So remember when Tammy was killed and there was a guy in rehab along with Jim who yes, gave testimony? You know what his name was? What was his name, Kevin? Rudy Gaytan. Oh, my God. Investigator Vaughn was shocked. I knew who Rudy was. I was floored. I was just floored. He was one of the witnesses that provided information about seeing... Tammy with bruises and the black eye and some of the violence that was involved between Jim and Tammy. Did you notice reenactment Vaughn looked a lot like real life Vaughn? Yeah. Down to the ponytail and everything? Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> so again, yes. we hear about the similarities in the two cases. There was no forced entry in Tammy's case, but Renee had no idea how he got into her building, into her apartment. But Jim Meadows had actually introduced Gaytan to his wife and she didn't like him. She told her friends she thought he was creepy. Right. And she was right. So in 1993, the small bit of DNA at the root of the single hair they found was too small to analyze, as we said. So in 2006, it works, and they they run it through the system, and we have Arthur Young. He's a forensic biologist. We had to get forensic in there at some point. yes, finally. When the DNA from the hair had been analyzed, it produced a DNA profile that was identified as Rudy Gaytan. So yeah, surprise, surprise, it was Rudy. We start getting the classic Forensic Files wrap-up. Here's that charismatic PJ, the reporter, and investigator Vaughn. Clearly DNA made this case. It not only identified the suspect in the case, but it exonerated someone else. After all of those years, we were able to finally clear Jim Meadow. Now they're interviewing Gaetan at the police department, and he readily admits to the crime, but he tells them it was consensual that they'd been having an affair, and that night, in a drunken argument, he snapped and accidentally killed her. The cops aren't buying this. What they think happened was Gaetan was following Jim, knew Jim had just left the apartment, went up, knocked on the door, and they think Tammy opened it thinking it was Jim returning for whatever reason. Yeah. Gaytan forced his way in. She fought back. He killed her. And then he wiped down the crime scene and went back to rehab. They think that's what happened. Oof. So he uh, is arrested. He gets second-degree murder for Tammy because they say it was impulsive. Otherwise, it would have been first-degree. I think it should have been first-degree. I agree. And he got first-degree sexual assault for Renee. He gets a total of 72 years, and he will not be eligible for release until he is 103 years old. Yay! So this is Renee reflecting on how she survived, and Tammy did not. He chose to kill her, and I got to live. I felt responsible to make sure I, you know, live a good life because hers was taken from her. 
So well, again, that's, yeah, that's it's Renee. really nice that she said that. She's the kind of person I, I've got to live a good life. Yes, good that, for her. That's kind of like Saving Private Ryan. Kinda. <laughs> but so um, the there was not a lot. There was very little about this online. So my research is yeah, very and it very is slim. older. It is older, but there was one article which I'm not going to quote quote. But the woman who saw she saw this forensic file uh-huh. and she saw Gaetan's face. Uh-huh. That's him. So. There is at least one other case floating around out there. Oh, did Kaitan did? Well, th- there was no conclusion to the article, oh. but she You did, have to believe that he's, she, he's done more she, stuff. Exactly. And she was in the right area at the right time, blah, 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 blah. But I don't know about the DNA evidence. Now, again, like I said earlier, Jim Meadow uh-huh. had lived under this cloud all yeah. this time. Yeah, it was really unfortunate. So when <clears throat> Gatan finally went to court for uh-huh. all of this stuff- yeah. Uh, I hope Jim was in the courtroom. He was. Wait, 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 wait. But he was. But baby, the baby, uh-huh. Sadie, Sadie was there too at twenty. How old was she? she twenty six, would... twenty seven years old when this went down. Uh, and so she's in the court with her father. With the well, Sadie uh, was born in ninety three. This courtroom, this went down, and she was thirteen. She wasn't twenty three. She was thirteen because this would have been two thousand and six. Okay. Well, she, oh, she was old enough to be traumatized and in the room for sure. I okay, okay. Now I don't know about that, but the article that I read said she was twenty something. So when uh, he went back to court or something, okay, it might have been a follow up court. Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the initial one, she would have been 30, old enough to be in the courtroom and understanding was, what's going she's on. She's over thirty now. She's okay, at thirty. She she would have turned thirty this year. Okay, because she was born in ninety three. Okay, yeah. So he Joe mm-hmm. was like. I can't believe it because they were friends. Yeah. And not only were they friends, Gayton, Gayden went with Jim mm-hmm. to the funeral of... Tammy? Tammy. Oh, God. And apparently they were buddies, and they were both mechanics, and I think they worked together. They must have. So uh, it's really messed up. And, it's very messed up. And, and she... There's very little... So I was able to deep dive, and I found Jim Meadow online. He seems to be... Uh, he would be in his it, 60s now. He Yeah. He seems to be living a pretty okay life, yeah. and he seems to be... Uh, content and okay. doing well, and we wish him all the luck in the yeah, world. Yeah, Jim. And uh, Sadie does not have much. Yeah, I couldn't find. She may be married by this point. Yeah, but I couldn't really find anything on her. But she is in the articles that I read. She is a staunch victims' right advocate. Yes, correct. Yeah. So, uh, best of luck to the Meadow yeah, family. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I like that science now is is catching so many criminals faster. Yes. Cell phones, DNA, security I agree. cameras. But these older cases that took a little more good old gumshoe detective yeah, work, yeah. I find them a little more interesting because now, like, Samantha Wolford's case was solved, like, within 24 hours. They're like, your cell phone pinged here. We have you on that security camera. The DNA from the guy matches this. Boom. You know, so many of these these current ones, which is great. Don't get me wrong. It's great. But when you go back into the 90s and then into the 80s and 70s, yeah, there's so much more, you know, um, mystery to it. And it makes them... Uh, it sounds macabre. It makes them a little more interesting, I think. But I'm, I, but science keeps solving crimes. Right, I'm not that, saying it. Is, science yes. keeps solving crimes. Keeps solving crimes. Yes. And please keep listening to our podcast. Thank you again for listening. Yes. Or